Hello and welcome to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I founded Oxford Clay, an eco-conscious pottery company. So on this podcast, we're gonna be talking about all things pottery related, often with an eco-conscious twist, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's go. Welcome back to the Oxford Clay Pottery Podcast. Um, this week we're going to be talking about um, slip casting and we're going to be talking about what slip casting is. You might have heard of slip casting, we might have tried to do slip casting or seen something that has been slip cast. Um, so we're going to be talking about that, all about slip casting and um, how I learned to slip cast in case you're kind of interested about like how a person learns how to do that. Um, um, we're just going to be going for all the different aspects of it. Um, so let's get going. Um, okay, so first of all, what is slip casting? Um, so slip casting is, um, is a kind of genre of making pottery, which involves pouring liquid clay into a plaster mold. Okay, so, um, the first thing to say is that it's not just normal clay that's used. So basically it's either, it'll either be like a special combination of clay, either bought in liquid form from a pottery supplier or some potters like me make their own clay from different kind of powdered clays and rocks. But the essential thing that's different um, about slip um, you, that's used for slip casting is that it's got a chemical called a deflocculant added to it. So if you just simply add water to clay, it will never go into this kind of runny state. You need to add a deflocculant to the kind of mixture of sticky clay um, to enable it to go into this kind of beautiful like liquid pouring form that you need that you need in in order to pour it into your mold and out of your mold so the essential way that slip casting works is the liquid clay is poured into the plaster mold it's left there for a certain amount of time which can vary quite widely depending on the type of clay that's used and then at the end of that time the slip is poured out again and then it's and then what's left is a kind of um is a kind of cast so um it will be cast in the shape that the plaster mold is in um and then what happens is it's dried a little bit more so the water more water gets sucked out by the plaster and then because clay shrinks the clay shape will then come away from the plaster mold um so in terms of like the different types of clay that can be used for casting slip, um, it can actually be any type of clay. So it can be stoneware clay, earthenware, um, or you know porcelain, or even bone china is cast as well. So um, I use stoneware clay. And what I do is I make a mixture of ball clays, which are from Southwest England. Um, and then I've got some crushed rocks, I've got feldspar, I've got quartz in there, um, and then those all get mixed up um, with the water 
and I also put paper in it, <laughs> which is really good for stopping cracking in um, slip cast pottery. Um, and then I mix it all up and add the diflocculant and then it goes into this like beautiful liquid. Um, and then I actually cast my things for about 45 minutes. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum is like a bone china or a um, porcelain and you know, porcelain can maybe be cast for like 10 minutes and that's it and then it's poured out and then the the shape can then you know be removed after a little bit more drying um so let's talk about the types of molds then that are used for slip casting so this really confused me actually when I first started trying to slip cast so I actually didn't know anything about slip casting before I started <laughs> and I got very very confused by the mold situation so moulds can either be one-piece moulds where the shape will be able to um, be removed from the mould, so without any overhangs. So let me just show you what I mean by that. So something a bit like this kind of shape, uh, which I, if you're listening on the podcast, I'm holding up like a little dish. Um, if you imagine like a bowl where the sides kind of just go out, um, so there's no overhangs, there's nothing that's going to, like if you're um, casting, so... Um, this one has little feet that I've added afterwards, but if you can imagine like a smooth kind of shape um, that's going that's um, going out, so the side, so it's becoming wider, there's nothing to stop that shape, the kind of bowl shape, from being lifted out of a, of a one-part mould, basically, when you pour the slip into it. But if you have a shape where um, there's some kind of overhang, you will need a more than one part shape. You'll need either a two part shape where basically the two sides kind of come together and then you can, you know, if you think about like maybe a mug with a handle, you know, you could, that could be cast as one shape and, uh, but you would need, um, you would, so you could cast a mug, but you would need a two part mold in which to do it because that handle would not be able to come out of like a one part mold, if that makes sense. It wouldn't be able to drop out the mold because the handle would be stopping it from coming out. So if you think about like a vase shape, um, some uh, like vases say like they have, you know, an overhang, um, an overhang like uh, where say like maybe the neck goes out a little bit, um, that could be cast as a two as a two part mold. And then um, it could even be a three part mold. Like perhaps there'll be another part on the base. Um, which will all come together and make a kind of container ready for the slip to be um, poured in and then poured out. And if you're casting with um, a multi-part mould, so like two halves or three parts, um, you'll need something called a mould strap to hold everything together. So these are kind of super strong straps. Um, you can just get them from pottery suppliers and they basically hold your molds together. Some people use really strong kind of like rubber bands type things, but a mold strap is a kind of, um, it's a really strong strap that you then like, um, kind of, it's got like a metal clip that you kind of like close and it will like really clamp the mold together. Um, yeah, so that essentially is kind of like, how slip how slip casting pieces are made and then like you know the types of molds basically that are, that are available and um you can make your own mold out of plaster so that's plaster of paris where you kind of you know mix the plaster of paris and then um cast a shape um you know so you can cast all sorts of things you can cast um 
So um, I um, cast um, some of the shapes I use from um, catering equipment. So like one's a Pyrex bowl, which was really good because it's like super smooth and came away from the plaster really well. Um, and then um, another shape uh, I used was like a pie dish, an enamel pie dish, and I cast that with plaster. Um, so if you're interested in kind of learning how to make plaster moulds, there's loads of videos on YouTube. I actually, <laughs> I actually spent ages watching videos of other people casting um, shapes just to try and understand like what kind of shapes you could cast and how to do it. Um, so there's loads of videos on YouTube about how to do that. But if you want to read it in a book, um, I also, um, the best book I found on mold making was this book called The Essential Guide to Mold Making and Slip Casting by Andrew Martin. And I bought this from a secondhand bookstop shop. And it was actually, it's absolutely fantastic so it basically goes through like how to make molds how they work how to make slip there's like slip recipes in here as well and it's such a good book if you want the definitive guide basically on slip casting that is the book you want so um yeah I'd really recommend that but also like yeah like I said like YouTube videos there was one time where I couldn't remove the thing I was trying to cast from my plaster it basically got stuck um because you have to use the you know some kind of agent to kind of separate the 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 thing you're casting and the plaster so you know normally so you know I looked up and different people use different things but you can use oil you can use WD-40 you can use this thing called mold maker size which is like a soap type stuff um, so people use you know various different substances to kind of create that kind of barrier so the plaster doesn't stick to whatever thing you're casting when you first make your mold and um and there was this youtube video of this man kind of like you know chiseling away like you know trying to separate his mold which was like really good to know i was like oh how how does this work um but like i said you can also buy them from like pottery suppliers so you know if you just want to like maybe try out slip casting if you want like a little mold or something they are really good because they're like already made for you and like really really nice shapes as well um yeah and just to say as well if you wanted a slip casting recipe there's actually a slip casting recipe in the book eco-friendly pottery 30 simple ways to make your pottery practice more ethical and sustainable I spent a really long time experimenting with different, um, you know, quantities of clay, different quantities of quartz, feldspar, um, you know, and, and <laughs> found it really difficult to find a recipe that like, that was not prone to cracking as it was drying. So um, I finally found a recipe and this is, this is the recipe I use for my own slip casting now. And it has, like I said, it has paper added to it. So it has kitchen roll added to it that actually stops the cracking as well. And it's actually got, it's got quite a high percentage of ball clay, which also stops cracking, which Andrew Martin talks about in his book, how you can increase ball clay if your um, casting slip is cracking a lot. Um, and I finally found a recipe that, that didn't crack. And so if you want a casting slip recipe, you know, if you're making your own casting slip, there's a recipe in the Eco-Friendly Pottery book, which is available from the Oxford Clay website or Amazon as well. Um, yeah, okay, so um, uh, so the, the final thing to say really is just the, the kind of benefits and drawbacks of slip casting. So from a potter's perspective, so 
I have to say, like, slip casting is not something I did at pottery evening classes. It was much more focused around making things on the wheel and, um, you know, hand building sculpture and, you know, making things like really sort of creatively. So I suppose like the thing about slip casting is in a way it can be like less creative because once you've made the mould, the creative aspect of it is basically um, going to be kind of in the decoration or, you know, anything you put on, anything you add on, um, you know, you can maybe, you know, decorate it in a certain way or add little bits of clay on like little feet or, you know, um, could be pushing a design into the clay or it could be, um, you know, adding some kind of raised design to your clay. So, um, so there is creativity involved in slip casting, but um, it's less less of a kind of creative process in a, in a way because you're basically just kind of pouring clay in and pouring clay out. But the good thing about it is that it really lets you get consistency in terms of shapes. So that was what really drew me to it. So although that's why, like I'd never done it before, I um, started Oxford Clay, I'd never done it. So I spent a long time like researching how to do it because I really, really wanted consistent shapes. So it's a really good way of doing it. If you're, if you're kind of, if you're great at throwing and you know, you can throw bowls that are like the same size and shape the whole time, then that's amazing. But I just knew for me, um, you know, it was really nice for me to know that my shapes are always gonna be like the same, rel relatively the same size and shape. Um, that's what I wanted really, so I could make a kind of pottery product. Um, so yeah, it's really, really good for that. Or if you want to make a set of something, for example, it's really good for that. You know, everything will be the same size and shape. Um, so yeah, so consistency of shape, that's a really good way, um, a really good reason to slip cast. Um, another drawback actually of, um, of slip casting is that um, slip castings are much more prone to warping. Um, than if you um, throw something on the wheel. Um, so I've done a whole episode actually on warping and there are loads of things you can do to kind of try and prevent warping. Um, but some things that I found to be helpful um, in terms of slip casting are trying to make um, sure that the sides of a pot are like even um, thickness. It's quite often when you're slip casting, it's really easy for like, if you say if you're pouring the, the clay out of one side and not the other, it's actually very easy to make one side a little bit thicker than the other, and that can make a pot really prone to warping. Um, and another thing that, that um, I found was that if I made very thin things, they would also warp um, as well. But I think that was, that was less in terms of um, slip casting and more in terms of um, the fact that like I was using like a feldspar which was kind of melting a little bit in the kiln but definitely what I try to be doing what I've tried to do now is use um, is make the slip cast items a bit thicker and that will like that will really stop the warping as well that's really helped um, and also to say that uh, we covered this a little bit already but slip cast things are also potentially prone to cracking so when you're making a pot on the wheel, because you're applying pressure, you're really kind of, um, you know, bonding those clay molecules really together. And it's like, it can be a very strong pot. Like, you know, if you're pushing down on the base, it makes the base very strong. 
Um, whereas slip casting, slip cast items don't have that same kind of, you know, uh, bonding together of the molecules. So um, what I was finding was bits that were thicker were actually cracking a lot. Um, and like I said, I remedied that by increasing the ball clay and also, um, in, you know, put, adding paper basically to my casting slip recipe, which really, really helped. Um, but those are the potential problems and they can be really annoying if you're if you're trying to slip cast you know and you're trying to make a mold and you're trying to find the right slip recipe it can be quite a long kind of process of like trial and error <laughs> so um yeah so if you yeah so if you did want a recipe i really recommend that book from oxford clay i really recommend if you want to learn how to make your own mold i would really recommend either you know the numerous like youtube videos available or um, the Essential Guide to Mould Making and Slip Casting by Andrew Mark Martin, where he just goes through basically how to make a mould just from the beginning to the end, which is really good. Um, yeah, okay, so um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode on um, slip casting. It was such a mysterious thing to me when I first started, you know, um, Oxford Clay, um, but I was really determined to to like you know learn all I could about it and you know and keep on keep on trying keep on practicing even though it did go wrong a lot <laughs> but um it's it is really cool it's a really great way of making pots and you can then really focus on the kind of the decoration you know adding things to your pot and it is um yeah it's a really satisfying way of making your pot so um yeah so really excited to see you um next time um on the oxaclay podcast and until then um happy potting <laughs>